0: Today on Focus on the Family, we'll be returning to a very powerful story about navigating grief and loss and how God wants to reveal himself to you uh, during those moments. Here's a comment from Pastor Levi Lesko that illustrates that truth.
1: Paul in Ephesians prayed that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And I believe that if the Holy Spirit of God brings light flooding into our eyes, all of a sudden we will see with a new spiritual supernatural vision that, like Paul, would enable us to look at incredibly difficult things like he did and yet say they're small and they don't last very long. They're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us then. I'm not staring at what I'm going through. I'm staring at what God is going to produce in my difficulties, what can't be seen with the naked eye.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Hey
2: John, we had an amazing conversation last time with Levi and his wife Jenny, who described the incredible pain and sorrow that they experienced after their five-year-old daughter, Lenya uh, suffered an asthma attack and died unexpectedly in their arms. And, man, it was emotional. And uh, I just can't imagine a greater agony than that. And we're so grateful that Levi and Jenny have been willing to share their story with us and reveal how God has
0: been at work in their faith and then in their family. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very moving first part of the broadcast, and we're back again today with the Luskos. Now, we mentioned uh, last time that Levi and Jenny co-pastor Fresh Life Church They have locations in Montana, Wyoming, Oregon, and Utah. All the good spots. Uh, (laughs) They are, yeah. And they've each written a book uh, that captures the story and the lessons they've learned, the way they've learned more about who God is. Uh, Levi's book is Through the Eyes of a Lion, Facing Impossible Pain, Finding Incredible Power. And Jenny's book is called The Fight to Flourish, Engaging in the Struggle to Cultivate the Life You Were Born to Live. Levi and Jenny, welcome back. So appreciate it. So good to be back. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Um,
2: When we speak about suffering and loss, and we're really picking up from yesterday, so we're just going to plow ahead. First of all, as a pastor, Levi, it's hard to fill the seats when you're giving sermons on suffering. Yeah. That's not really what draws people in.
1: Maybe, but you know... It's been said that if you can learn how to minister hurting people, you'll never be without an audience Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the world is full of hurting broken people. Well
2: said. Well said. And you urge people to have eyes of faith, and you point to the Old Testament story, I think in 2 Kings 6, which describes how a huge army had surrounded the prophet Elisha. Fill those stories in. I love the way a talented communicator and pastor like you can connect those stories to how they apply to real life yeah. so many people struggle with that sure how does that apply to me today
1: mm. it's a bizarre story because you have uh, presumably gehazi and then elisha we know is the man and hit, the situation is this whole army was coming to kill elisha because he would always tell the king of israel what the enemy's armies were doing it was like having a drone you know and so the, <laughs> the king said look kill that guy you got to wipe the drone out so he sends an army. They circle the, the city where he's in. And the, the servant, Gehazi, probably, goes out to get the newspaper. And he looks <laughs> up and sees full army around them. And he's freaking out. So he, he kind of backs into the house. And his eyes are real big. And Elisha's drinking a coffee and goes, <laughs> uh, what's going on? He goes, we're surrounded. We're dead. You know, the red laser beams are all over their chests. Right. you know, from the, <laughs> the guns. And using my imagination here, right? Of course, yes. Uh, but then uh, Elisha's not worried at all. He goes, it's no big deal. There's more on our side than on their side. And the servant's like, wait a minute. He looks and it's just two of them, one, two, math is really easy. And then he looks up there and it's, you know, maybe 30,000 army in the army. And he goes, uh, Pastor, you, it's a good thing you got into ministry because your math is terrible. Okay, There's, <laughs> right. not, more, there's not more on our side <laughs> than on their side. And, and then Elisha realizes he was only looking at the human. And so he says, God, I pray you would open his eyes that he mm. may see. Wow. And when he looks again, the same army's there. But now behind them, there's a bigger army, a different army, an angelic army. Mm-hmm. And I love this story because it doesn't say that the angel showed up when he opened his eyes, just that he became able to see what was already there, yeah. that the thing that had them surrounded was itself surrounded by God.
2: I mean, that's one of the things we suffer from in the church today, right? We only look at what's in front of us, what mm-hmm. we can see, taste, and smell. Right. And I, I'll, for myself, I mean, I can only speak for me. Sometimes I'm short-sighted that way, not realizing God's army is right there. Yeah. And that's so critically important. And it important.
1: puts it into perspective, you know, to see not just what's there, but what God says is there. That's how Paul said, we don't lose heart when we face troubles, but we look at what's being produced in us, the exceeding weight mm-hmm. of glory. So again, that's putting that lens of faith on, not mm-hmm. just seeing what's there, but seeing what God says is there.
2: I understand you love space. I, I love it as well. Astronomy has always been something, even when I was a boy, I was fascinated by the sky. Mm. And just thinking of you know, billions of light years and try to comprehend what infinity, how do you measure that? I mean, just those wonderful thoughts at eight, nine, and 10, you're going, what? How can that even be? Yeah. Uh, you like to talk about the Hubble telescope. How do you use that as a spiritual metaphor?
1: It's a great story because the year is 1990 and Hubble has just been launched and they spent a billion and a half dollars on it. A lot of people thought it wasn't worth the money, uh, but they said, no, if we can get this thing out there above the atmosphere, it can see the heavens and broadcast back to earth what it's seeing unobstructed and we'll have a greater understanding of our solar system and universe. And so they get this thing launched and uh, they fire it up and everyone's sitting at NASA and the first image loads and it's blurry. Second image, blurry. Third, all the images are blurry. It's worthless. It's very good at a lot of things. It just can't see very far (laughs) because they miscalibrated the primary optical component, making Hubble basically nearsighted. Hubble Uh. needed glasses, guys. (laughs) So what they did was they loaded up uh, the same lens, but with the same problem backwards. And they loaded it up on Space Shuttle Endeavor. They caught Hubble and they put the... Basically, they put a contact lens in front of it. And when they fired it up afresh all the images became crisp. The story's cool because it shows us this when Hubble was looking at the universe and sending blurry images back, the images it was seeing were in 3D. They were beautiful. They were crisp. The problem was the lens and the lens it was looking through. And I think for a lot of us, when we look at our lives and we look at the pain that we face, we see blurry. And it's not that the things we're looking at are are the problem. It's how we're seeing them that is.
2: You know, one of the interests uh, that I have too is just looking at the first century church, ancient Rome, what they were doing, the Roman empire. It's kind of intriguing. And it brings out all of humanity's characteristics I think lust and greed and and within that then the birth of christ and our faith being yeah. born right i mean it's all there in ancient Rome yeah. you levi Capture the idea of bread and the circus and how that applies to us today Help me fill in the gaps.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, Jenny and I both love um, This idea of how the Roman emperors basically stole uh, control total control Uh, They did so by anesthetizing the people with creature comforts so long as they had bread to eat and pageantry going on the gladiatorial games the people didn't realize that their freedoms were being taken away from them as so long as they had the bread and the circuses uh, they gave them free food and they gave them entertainment and those things distracted them and meanwhile the glorious uh idea of the freedom of the Roman Empire, which had the Senate and everyone had a voice. It was basically taken away from them. Mm -hmm. And uh, the emperor became the sole dictator. And the enemy wants to do a similar thing. He wants us just focused on bread and circuses, entertainment, and just what's happening on TikTok. Meanwhile, the thief of our souls is taking away the freedom that Jesus set us free for.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. You got to stop and think about that. But one of the, you know, the similarity there is the gladiators and the sports figures of that time being lifted up to be something more than human. Mm. Right. I think we're doing that again today. Yeah. Where athletes are so vaulted in this culture. They're the superstars. And there's a lot of similarity between then and now.
1: Well, it's just the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I think it's so easy to live focused only on the here and now. And again, like the Hubble lens, that lens looking at just at this world, then when something hard happens, it's hard to imagine how there can ever be a brighter tomorrow. Right. And so it's learning to see through those things to eternity. You know, we like to say that we don't look at the grave where Lene is buried in the tombstone as rest in peace. It's raised in power. That's what RIP stands for in our, our home because we're not looking just at this life. We're looking at eternal mm-hmm. life.
2: Boy, that is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go there for a moment in terms of the difficult topic of, of suffering and seeing it as a gift from God. I, yesterday, I said the same thing. It's hard for the modern church to grab that because I thought the exchange was I trust in Christ and My life gets pretty easy, and I get blessings. And you know, I'm not diminishing any of that because that's part of the Christian life, too. But we've got to embrace the other side of this that's suffering in Christ. He said, You will suffer, yeah. right? For my name.
3: Well, I just think of James um, when he says, Consider a pure joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that it produces, and then he lists all these things. Um, and I think that that is just again like Levi said that lens of faith where we just have to see that when we go through suffering it's actually producing in us perseverance and it's producing in us endurance and it's producing in us just this stronger faith and trust in the Lord and I think that um, as we go through these things it's so hard and yet there's a beauty in it and I think sometimes we just want to have Um, the good and the blessing. And there, like you said, there is blessing for the believer. There's strength for the believer. There's a beautiful, abundant life for the believer. But that also is blended with pain and sorrow and suffering. Because look what our Savior endured. He's the one who suffered. And the goal of our lives is to become more and more like Jesus. So it's that blending of The beauty and the blessing with the brutalness and the difficulty. Yeah, it's the reality
1: that every blessing you mentioned and more God wants for us, it's just all the blessings you want are on the other side of the trials that none of us want to face. Mm,
2: That is so true. You know, another hard truth that you share is that God, and, and when I say this, we as Christians, man, we tiptoe around this so carefully, but we'll often say that God allows suffering right? Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't cause it. And we have to begin disclaiming all of it. It's such a weird Hmm. kind of vocabulary dance that we do. Uh, Satan is often the one who's messing with our lives. It says he's like a a lion or a wolf seeking to destroy us. I mean, that's powerful uh, imagery of what the enemy of our soul is attempting to do. Uh, But he can't do anything without God's permission mm-hmm. it's such a conundrum yeah. and a lot of non-believers struggle with this idea if god is so good then why do these things happen yeah. so how do we accept or even understand that reality within the context of loss that you guys have suffered the mm-hmm. loss of your child i mean if anybody has the right to shake a fist it would be you and couples like you that have had that paramount loss mm-hmm. of a child dying
1: yeah you know i think what you mentioned is important the the theological dance. And I think semantics, it can be like, oh, well, that's just you're mincing words here. But no, I really do think it is important that we understand and have something to to fall back into as a safety net in these Mm -hmm. hard times. For me, it gives me great comfort to know God didn't cause my daughter's death, that he didn't want it to happen. And that's why he's told us back in Genesis 3 not to eat the fruit that would cause death to enter this world. But as the enemy does work, God does have to allow. Job tells us that clearly. He had to ask God's permission to touch a hair on Job's head. He had to ask to sift Simon Peter as wheat. So I believe that the enemy is the one who brings death and God has to allow, but he only ever does so to further his purposes Mm -hmm. so that whatever the devil asks for will boomerang back around. And this, you see this, that God sent Jesus but ruthless men took him and killed him. That Joseph's brothers took and laid hands on him. And that, that was wrong. That's sinful. But God sent him ahead to Egypt. Mm. So it's it's an important understanding to delineate between what the enemy wants to accomplish through trials, like the death of my daughter, and what God wants to accomplish through it. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. God's big enough to handle our questions and our doubts yes. and our anger and our joy. Like he can handle it. So I think so often when we're in the pain and we're doubting and we're in the struggle of, I trust you, God, but I don't. I think so often we run away from the very God who has all the answers and who is the only comfort that we can have. We run away from him, whereas we need to run to him because he's big enough to handle all of that. Mm-hmm. And he, we don't have to, Levi always says, we don't have to polish our prayers to God. We don't have to come to him with it all together. We can come to him a mess. We can come to him with mascara running down our face <laughs> Come to him mad, at, mad at him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I have a friend whose daughter died in a car accident, and I, I told him, because he kept kind of innuendoing, like that he didn't really understand. I said, could you just please... Um, be relieved from the responsibility of needing to protect God from how you really feel Mm -hmm. he's supposed to take care of you you don't have to worry about taking care of him tell him how mad you are you know look like I said hurting with hope still hurts and it hurts like hell even when you know they went to heaven Mm -hmm. and that's a really important distinction to make that what the picture Mm -hmm. of faith looks like isn't like someone who says oh it's okay everything's great but you can be really like Job was really a mess but he was pictured as this person of faith and perseverance
2: You know, in this context, you have a statement in the book about cueing the eagle. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, Share it with us.
1: Well, you know, when Lenny went home to be with Jesus, I would often, on my way home from work, find myself at the side of her grave. And one of those times, I was really having a low moment. And in that moment, I found myself on my knees and I was quoting the words of David. I said, my flesh is failing, God, but you're my strength. My flesh is, is, my heart is weak, but you never will fail. And right then I looked up in the sky and saw a bald eagle circling the graveyard. And I just thought about Isaiah 40. You know, those who wait on God will renew their strength and mount up like an eagle. Uh, And and so in the book, I use it as a picture of like, whenever you're running out of energy or strength, just ask God for new strength. It's not bad to run out of gas. If you can go to a gas station, and get new gas. Mm -hmm. And so cue the eagle. Call out to God in your trial, and he'll give you new power.
0: Yeah, that is really (laughs) good. Some really great stuff from Levi and Jenny Lesko. Uh, He mentioned a book. His is Through the Eyes of a Lion Facing Impossible Pain, Finding Incredible Power. Jenny's book is The Fight to Flourish, Engaging in the Struggle to Cultivate the Life You Were Born to Live. Levi, I understand
2: you're not much of a camper. You do live in, you know, Montana is one of the best camping areas. I hope you realize that. But 2 Corinthians 5 says, you know, our earthly bodies are compared to tents and will eventually be replaced. That's the camping connection but uh, describe what you're getting at.
1: Well, I will just qualify. I'm not much of a tent camper. I okay, do like good, the yeah. bougie camping. We like that, the glamping. We
3: Ironically, like. I mean, we talked yesterday about moving to Montana and it didn't make a lot of sense, but as we've lived there, we've grown to love yeah. where we live and he, Levi's become a fisherman. Yeah. And Look we actually that. do yeah, love yeah, to yeah. camp. The pandemic,
1: one of the perks of the pandemic. (laughs) There you Uh, go. But uh, but when we look at our bodies like a tent, Paul said the tent gets taken down. That's what the death is for the Christian. It's just leaving the tent to go to the, the heavenly home. Right. And so we look not at how many days has it been since Linya died back to 2012, we look forward every day to how many days closer we are to her. Right. So every day we wake up, we're one day closer to being reunited because that's mm-hmm. the day our tent gets taken down, like hers, yeah. and we get to go home to be with Jesus in our true heaven, the, our heavenly home.
3: Yeah, there was a day where, um, I remember in my journal entries, I would write down how many days it had been since we yeah. had seen her last. And so that was that was a real thing for a while and then there was a a kind of a a line in the sand where we realized like yes all these days have happened and we hate that we haven't seen her in how many thousands of days but then we realized but every day that passes we're actually closer she's not
1: getting further from us we're getting
2: closer because it feels it feels that is a great way to think of that yeah you know that you're drawing closer to where she is already yeah well
1: because she's not in the grave She's with Jesus,
2: which is where we're going. That's encouraging, actually. That's a great way to think of it. Uh, We've got time for just a couple more insights. And again, I love the way you connect all the dots and you use nature and science to look at God's handiwork and how it describes him, right? I totally believe that. Mm. And in part, you encourage believers to see through the eyes of a lion. So I, I love the lion analogies, but what are you getting at here?
1: Well, Jenny and I both had the really difficult yes of saying yes to cornea transplant surgery when Lenya went home to be with Jesus. Mm. They asked us, could we harvest her organs? And we gave that tearful consent, you know, the difficult yes. But um, an amazing organization called Sight Life, they facilitate more cornea transplants for blind people in the world than any other organization. And we partnered with them to say yes. And her two corneas went to two blind people and they both received the gift of sight. Uh And it was very rewarding for us to hear about that Mm. and i later connected the dots as jenny said earlier in the broadcast last uh, episode Linya means lion and so what we realized was they see these two people through the eyes of our Linya lion and Mm. uh lions have tremendous sight they can see further they can see in the dark better and i believe that because as jesus people we are called to be as bold as lions that we can in this life face impossible pain but find incredible power seeing life through jesus's eyes Mm.
0: That's really profound. Uh, there are a lot of takeaways here, Jim. Yeah, there One are. of the things I'd love to ask you about is the importance of community. I mean, you were leading a community of faith and plugged in. Um, my observation about what's happened since COVID is there's a lot of folks out there who aren't plugged in. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have no interest. But I think it's really crucial, and you brought this up in the book, that you've got to kind of prepare the way not just so that when dark times come and stress comes and struggles come you have a support community but I believe also so you can pour into those who are experiencing difficulty um share a little bit more about the importance of building community now so that when the day comes
3: it's so important I mean we we can't do life alone. We we can't go through heartache alone. We need people and I love what you said about not just so that we can receive comfort but so that we can give comfort as mm. well and that's the body of Christ. That's what it looks like to, to love each other and to serve each other and to be there for each other. Um, we need that and I think that so often I think maybe because we can listen to a message in a podcast, which is amazing. I think that's so amazing that we can listen to church online. But there's just no substitute for actually gathering with the church. And obviously, there's so many complications of being with people and COVID and everything. But I think that it's so important for us to gather. And even if you are online, to be a part of church and to be a part of small group online and to be in underneath someone's leadership. I think that is just so key. Well,
1: lions are the only social cat. They always Mm -hmm. are in prides and it's the power of the pride. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, what Jenny's saying is so important for people to know that when you're building community, you don't realize it, but you're training for the trial you're not yet in. Mm -hmm.
0: And how did that look for you and your family in the community that you were leading? They
1: rallied around us. They gave us space to hurt. They knew our we, you know, who in your life that loves Jesus knows your garage code. That's the question. <laughs> oh. You know that's who can be there, who it. can help you, who knows you know where the dishes are, who can cook, and, and and that's what you're doing. And for us, it was that and more. Our church community is not a place where you know you have to have it all together. And so we were broken. We were a mess, and they we hurt with our people, and they hurt with us too. And together we grieved through it.
2: Mm. You know, I think that's one of the great desperations of our day Mm. is the lack of community. We're lonely.
1: And it's worse for your health than smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, researchers have found, uh, to be socially disconnected in a meaningful way. And we were created by a God who is within himself uh, a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So in His image, there will always be parts of us that are going to be uh, inaccessible if we don't have uh, that dance of joy, of love, of relationship in our lives. That's
2: so true. It says right there in Scripture, we're created in His image, and He created us for relationship. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Let
1: yeah. us make them in our image. Yeah, you know? right. Oh, well, amazing. I think we're
3: we're looking for it and we can find it anywhere. I mean, if you're a part of a gym or yoga studio or hunter group, like you're going to find it somewhere but it's not going to have the eternal like meaning. The wait. Absolutely. The church.
2: You know, let me ask both of you cuz it you express such great desire. I mean, even the story of the night your daughter died to go back into the hospital to invite the hospital staff to come to the Christmas service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their jaws had to be hanging down. It'd be interesting to hear what that conversation was when you left the hospital. Well, we've, wow. met,
1: we've met many of those people afterwards. And
2: what they said to each other. And, like, and, can you believe and that? And the
1: way the impact it made on them, I think. And I think that's the thing. I'm trying to tell people, and you're listening to this, you've lost a child, you've lost a spouse, you're going through a divorce, you're going through chemo, you're hurting. Mm. I just want to encourage you that there's, in time, by the Spirit's power, that's going to become a superpower for you. Mm. That's the power of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are... This is. God preparing you to become a spiritual heavyweight.
0: Well, I don't know that you could summarize it any better than that. Uh, we've really appreciated the vulnerability of our guests today, uh, Pastors Levi and Jenny Lusco, and how they continued to love and trust the Lord even through their grief. Uh, what a wonderful spiritual example to us all. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family, I'm John Fuller.
4: I love the way the story of suffering was weaved together by Levi and Jenny. You know, speaking from that pain point of losing their daughter and going through the fire, but coming out trusting God, believing in God. And if you are hurting, get in touch with us. Focus is here for you. Connect with one of our counsellors if there's not a community already that you can lean in on or if they're not able to give you everything you need. Our number here is 031-716-3300 or you can also easily connect through our website at safamily.co.za when you click on the counselling link. We also have a resource that I want to recommend. It's written by Chip Ingram and it's called Finding God When You Need Him Most. You can get hold of that when you call us or when you stop by our website. That address again is safamily.co.za. Thanks for listening in today. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.